0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food video supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corinne, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corinne.com. Hello, welcome to Japan Needs. I'm your host, Aki Kotaima, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese culinary academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deal in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi iwame ni sakaya, but what is exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my good guests. My guests today are Joel Sambuk boys and Aldo boys who are the co founders of IQ Ikkyu is a unique tea company that sells high-quality Japanese tea based in the southern island of Kyushu. And if you live outside of Japan, it's not easy to find reasonably priced high-quality Japanese tea. Then I heard about IQ. And I ordered some tea from the website and I had some wonderful new discoveries. And of course, there are other great Japanese tea companies, but I got particularly interested in IQ's focus on the terroir of Kyushu Island. So today, we'll discuss how Joe and Aldo decided to move to Japan, even though they had a solid professional career in Switzerland, how they discovered the charm of Japanese tea, why you should try Japanese tea beyond matcha, the unique terror of Kyushu Island, and much, much more. But before we start, Japan is available on the Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Japanese. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Joel sambu
2: and aldo Voice. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hi Akiko. Akiko. Hello, Akiko. <laughs> it's very nice to be with you today. Thank you for having us.
3: Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. So, I'm uh, I really admire what you do. So, I'm a big tea drinker now. So, <laughs> thank um, you. So, first of all, to get to know you, where are you from and what did you eat when you grew up?
2: Well, um, so I was born in Geneva, Switzerland, but I have some uh, Swedish uh, origins through my mother, and um, I can say that. Ever since I was a child, we enjoyed really cooking at home, uh, family meals. So I have wonderful memories of my parents cooking um, delicious uh, meals from Switzerland, of course, you know, mashed potatoes or carrot cakes, but also from all over Europe because we did a lot of road trips that ended up being a bit like food trips. And so we had a lot of um, pasta, veggie, olive oils, and of course, cheese at home. Um, So that's what I ate as a kid and teenager. Mm.
4: Saldo. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was born in Italy, in Pisa, Tuscany. But um, my father's side um, family is uh, all from um, southern Italy, in Calabria. I was lucky enough because I I could enjoy both uh, type of Italian cuisine from the northern part and the southern part. And I really enjoyed that because then we moved to Switzerland and for me, it was like there was lacking, something was lacking. But um, yeah, basically uh, in Italy, I, I could just Uh, you know, enjoy all the recipe of my aunts in in the family house in Southern Italy and uh, lots of uh, eating lots of fish, uh, meatballs. Every uh, aunt would have uh, its own uh, salsa recipe. So yeah, I I can feel very lucky with that. And then uh, later on, I, I would also enjoy the differences between the wines uh from southern part and northern part or even in switzerland so quite uh, a lot of variety so that's 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 good
1: Mm, wow what a combination (laughs) you cover the best parts of europe yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's true that's true hey but interesting so and then now you eat japanese food so your your food world is very
2: rich (laughs) yes yes.
4: and in kyushu it's especially good
2: Oh, yeah, right. it's, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's, I think it's the best. Mm,
1: right. Well, actually, my father uh, was from Kyushu, Kumamoto, and then the you know, oh. food culture there was just different. And also, I mean, it's such a small country of Japan, but the diversity of food really can be seen, oh. especially places like
2: you know Kyushu, so... I encourage everybody to visit Kyushu. <laughs> totally, totally please come now that we can all travel again. <laughs> and Kyushu is off the beaten tracks and it's really a place that everyone who loves Japan should visit one day. Mm, right, and the people relax and nice and
1: sunny and it's you mm. really you can't miss it. So, mm. all right, yeah, I was just going to say that October 11th I think the Japan is totally uh, open in terms yeah. of no COVID <laughs> yes. restrictions. So finally, finally. Mm. Right. So and uh, so now we, we know where you're from, but uh, both of you had a very well-established career before you started EQ.
2: So could you tell us about your life before EQ? Right. So there is a life when we were back in Switzerland, of course, <laughs> and there is a life in Japan before we uh, started EQ. So, before we left for Japan, I was uh, basically in the legal industry. Um, So, it's very far from the tea world and really not as fun and exciting and really not as good, of course. Um, I graduated with a PhD from Geneva University and then I got a Swiss bar degree and after that, I was like, all right, I want to do something else with my life. <laughs> and lucky me, my husband had also the same impression. So we um, built up a kind of project to try um, to do something in Japan. And our first years in Japan, I first we were in Tokyo. In fact, I was still a bit in the academic world, but um, with Aldo, we had our own business already. And uh, there I was a part time consultant and I did a lot of market research for overseas exporters interested in Japanese food markets, but also for Japanese companies looking for solutions overseas. And so we already had, like I would say, our fingers in the food industry at that time. Mm. Okay.
1: So what about you, Aldo? You were like before IQ.
4: Yeah it's it's a bit similar in the sense that uh, I also had um a former job in a I would say a private bank I was in the IT sector first as a web developer and then uh IT security engineer and um, consultant so also quite far from um, from anything related to tea but uh I had also a passion about Japan from long before and um, especially by taking picture. Maybe Joel will tell you more about that when we first went to Japan. Uh, But yeah, basically we had this uh, different job, uh, quite boring if you ask me in the sense that uh, in Switzerland, yeah, you're either working in the bank uh, industry or low industry, and we felt like we really need to do something else and yeah, we had some kind of ideas to work in Japan, but nothing really that uh, precise we We, we wanted to, uh, to maybe to start something on the other way around by importing uh, Italian food which also helped us to get some um, experience in the import-export uh, work and consulting. But yeah, so mm. uh, very uh, areas very far from the tea industry.
1: <laughs> right, well, that's interesting, right? But um, I know a lot of people, like including a lot of uh, Japanese listeners, they like Japan, but you actually went to Japan, moved to Japan since uh, 2009. You've been in the country, and also mm. you lived in Fukuoka. Mm-hmm. So, you say in Tokyo, you live in Fukuoka. So, what's the, the missing
2: piece pieces of the
1: <laughs> puzzle?
2: It's a, well, it's a long story. I mean, coming here, um, even if 2009 is already 13 years ago, but our first connection with Japan started 20 years ago, exactly 20 years ago, when we came for a honeymoon. And it was a very long and beautiful honeymoon because, you know, European vacations and uh, uh, a comfortable budget. So we were so privileged. We could enjoy Japan with all freedoms and we could travel around. And well, one of our very first places uh, was Kyushu. And this is through Kyushu that we fell in love with, uh, with Japan. And over the next years, we, we were so, we were going so, I don't know, how can I say that, attached or emotional about it. We came back several times and well, maybe Aldo will tell you a bit also after that, but you know, it was like a seed, like a tree, a tea tree, a seed was planted and at some point, we were like, you know, this is getting expensive, <laughs> coming here every year. Why, sh- why don't we live here for a while? Let's try to, to build a project. I mean, you don't do this overnight. You have to, to build, to plan, to, to have a goal, right? So that was two years, I think two years long preparation. And the thing we didn't plan, of course, because life will never... <laughs> help is that we didn't come here just the two of us we came here with a three months old baby in july 2009 in tokyo so that was of course awesome exciting but also very scary (laughs) being young parents away from everyone in a foreign country But that's what we did, and we had just we wanted to stay maybe between one and three years. I had connections with academic circles and so on. But of course, life happened again, and in this case, a very awful thing, and that was the Tohoku earthquake and Fukushima Mm. disaster. And we were in in Tokyo in 2011. Yeah, and we were in Tokyo on that day. So. Obviously, we were not like in the worst part, but it was already bad enough. And, you know, we had gone through Chernobyl as kids and you were like, you may have to make quick decisions. And we we actually packed everything in two days and we moved to Fukuoka just to, you know, take a breather, figure out our chances, our options. And well, yeah, well, I would say... Those were like kind of make or break situation. Um, But at the end, because we had friends here already and a little bit of business connections and above all, we did not want to leave Japan. We were not done with what we had started. So we decided to start again and start from scratch, reset the whole thing. And we decided to build new roots here in Fukuoka because we fell in love with this city i mean you have the sea you have the mountains you have the food the nature and we're just like this is we have to try and it's been Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been it's what now 10 years (laughs) 11 years
1: right so the sea sees so the first seeds are planted in twenty twenty, I don't know the uh, twenty years ago on yeah, your yeah exactly, so. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right.
0: yeah.
1: So, um, but here's the thing. So now, um, what was your first encounter with Japanese tea, and mm. how did you like mm. it? Because you're in a two, uh, tea business, hundred percent. So we have yeah. to know <laughs> that question's <laughs> answer.
4: Um, uh, for for me, actually, I it's. It's kind of strange, maybe, because it all started thanks to my father, who, who, you, who you may guess had absolutely no, nothing to do with green tea in Japan, but uh, he loved and he enjoyed watching old movies from uh, Akira Kurosawa or uh, Yasukiro Ozu, and we would watch them together. I really have fond memories of uh, watching these old movies at night with him. And, you know, these were stories about uh, sometimes samurais, uh, but also a very casual situation um, in Tokyo during uh, after war years and so on. And somehow this was the start, I think, from my uh, interest in Japanese culture. But when you, you watch these movies, there are all, you know, it's it, they, these are old movies and the rhythm is quite slow and you have these long dialogues and from time to time, you, you you happen to have this maybe short moments where uh, people would would talk to each other. Samurai would talk to each other in a very calm uh, moment. Uh, and usually there would be tea and so on. And this really struck me somehow, and uh, it, it it really started something for me uh, about Japan. And, you know, these zen-like moments uh, before the battle or anything like that, or a a very important decision to make about uh, a job or so on. And these movies really uh, stayed with me. And uh, I would really look into the Japanese culture. And, of course, they would talk about uh, Japanese green tea, um, how the samurai would... uh, um, drink uh, green tea before the battle um, and such things. And then I also worked um, before working in the IT industry, I worked for a couple of years as an accountant in a um, library, a comics shop, uh, where there were a lot of uh, Japanese uh, imports. And so I could also benefit from that and um uh, Enjoy other aspects of Japanese culture. So this is a bit of the start of my passion about Japan. And uh, later on, I, I remember when I was actually working in the banking industry, I, it was quite stressful. But I was um, our, our apartment was quite near from um, the 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 office where I worked, and I could come home to every every uh, at lunch every every day and. I would almost every day uh, before getting back to work, uh, prepare myself a matcha very slowly, putting my old records and listening to the music and just have this moment, you know, very calm moment where I focus on doing the matcha and, and just focusing on my gestures, the, the the, the the taste of the matcha, all the, the tasting notes, and so on. So even though I didn't know a, a lot about that, it's just it was just about the moment, just this preparation, mm. this uh, this break, uh, as we'll maybe talk maybe later about, but this break, and not 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 thinking about anything else, just preparing the matcha, enjoying it. And and yeah, that's that's I think mm, how
1: interesting, right? Because um like young boy, like you know, adult sparkling eyes, looking at the samurai, drinking tea, and it was such an insti- insightful, you know, like inspiration. <laughs> because I think it's well seriously, um the samurai drank a lot of matcha for, you know, calmness yeah. and focus. So it's just a really it's not just a coincidence. That's the big yeah. part of the history too. And uh, like you mentioned, you don't have to study tea ceremony. You can have that moment even, Absolutely. listeners, mm. if you know they want mm. to drink by tea and drink. And mm. your day is different if you have that moment. So, yeah, yeah that's a big part yeah. of Japanese tea, not just the green leaves um, prepared very in delicious way. So, um, mm. so uh, what about
2: you? Um, Joel. well, Oh, it's not as, I would say, insp- inspiring as Aldo, I have to say. Because my first encounters, it was also more like back in Switzerland. And it was, uh, you know, with the very standard uh, kind of blend tea they would serve in restaurants just to go along with your Japanese food. We had just a couple of sushi restaurants back in Geneva back then. And it was really expensive, really high-end restaurants. I mean, we're talking 20, 25 years ago. But the tea there was not really extraordinary. It was mostly powdered green tea, not even matcha, or um, simple hojicha. So I was like, yeah, why not? But at the time... I had really no epiphany or, <laughs> and even when we first came to Japan at first, it was also going, you know, to sushi trains or small restaurants. And I never could um, imagine the world that was behind it um, because I simply did not know where to look. And it's the sad thing, I think, when you come to Japan it's that, We will talk about that later, but the domestic industry is shrinking. And it's really hard to find places around town outside Kyoto, let's say that, and maybe Shizuoka, where you can ask for a cup of uh, freshly brewed sencha. Matcha is, of course, very popular. But so as a tourist, when we came here at first... um, it wasn't that great or like uh, eye-opening this really came later for me
1: <laughs> right. well it also depends on what kind of the quality of tea really matters yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's just a free you know like pre-made tea and so mm. from a, you know the temperature maintained pot that doesn't have flavor but once you make a fresh tea leaves yourself it's a whole different beverage exactly. so exactly mm. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about Japanese tea. So, um, mm-hmm. so they say that tea was originally brought to Japan from China and most likely by monks who studied in Buddhism in China and they're also political mission members to China around, mm-hmm. I heard it's 8th or 9th century. So, so since then, Japanese people developed their own style of tea to create what do we call. Japanese tea. So, what exactly is Japanese tea, and what is the difference from Chinese
2: tea? Um. All right. So, yeah, you're. It's so funny because, as we all know, it's the same plant, right? But then you realize that simply by the way we process it, we can create things that are totally different. And so. I think in the minds of many people today, when you say Japanese tea, everyone thinks about matcha. Um, green tea would be matcha. And of course, it's much more than just matcha. So we like to always start with the fact that, all right, Japanese tea is more than just green tea, more than just matcha. But um, the, the, I would say the key point is that it is green, <laughs> which means unfermented. it it means that the oxidation process has been stopped very shortly after harvesting the leaves. And to do that, in Japan, the process is steaming. And after you've steamed the leaves, you can go down many roads in terms of process and you will get different kinds of uh, tea variations like sensha or tamairokucha or matcha if you grind the leaves into powder. Um, So that's just and the general ID, But the fact is, you also find black tea in Japan. Kocha, Japanese uh, black tea that is fermented black tea, is just amazing. It's, it's It was a revelation when I first had high-quality kocha. I couldn't believe what I was drinking. So um, I don't want to forget about Japanese black tea when we talk about Japanese tea in general. Mm, Having said okay. that... China, if just, just to explain the difference with Chinese tea is that most types of teas in China are fermented. So would be sort of black teas if we want. But you do have Chinese green tea and it's super popular in China. The big difference here is that they don't steam the leaves, they roast the leaves. So we don't get the same taste, I would say, taste signature. That's the mm. main difference. Yeah, right. I have to
1: say that I I really like Chinese tea as well, so I drink mm. them a lot. But um, so, but whenever I drink Japanese green tea, I taste strong umami, as well as the contrast mm. between intense sweetness and the bitterness. Mm. Really perfectly balanced, and that I have to keep going back. That you know the three flavors of umami, sweetness, and bitterness, mm. and it's kind of addictive, mm. and it's just also I mean. It's the color is really just a steamed green, like you know, boiled spinach. Just the kind of idea of you, you freeze the color as well, so mm-hmm. it's stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, or well, you can talk about the health benefit this, which, which mm-hmm. probably is uh, <laughs> a whole another story, but you know, like the theanine and the EGCG, mm-hmm. which I heard is uh, you know, it's unlike antioxidants, and I heard mm-hmm. it could be 100 times more than Chinese green tea. So maybe the processing processing uh, mm. keeps that uh, antioxidants yeah, more absolutely. lively. Right. So, yeah, but um, you mentioned there are many different kinds of Japanese tea. So let's talk about it. So what are the most popular types of Japanese tea in Japan?
4: Um, I would say, of course, so in Japan, now uh, it's true that matcha is also um, getting a lot of Attraction—it's very trendy. Um, but the thing is, in Japan, the um, Japanese green tea, uh, as you drink it with you know your loose leaves and so on, is still seen as something as a, an older drink for older people because younger generation are just into the bottled tea and they don't really know all the differences uh, of of Japanese green tea. So whenever we serve uh Japanese green tea to some friends uh even if they know a little bit about that they they quite quickly say oh but you 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 know much more than us and they 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 are also like very surprised about what they can taste uh from their own I mean uh, you know uh countryside area and so on and um yeah so so i would say after matcha of course the most popular is sencha even though as i told uh, it's just not really popular among younger people um there is also um hojicha that people can enjoy because it, you know it's it's quite uh, similar it has an uh, a taste similar to coffee so it's also quite uh popular here with hojicha latte like matcha latte uh maybe less uh popular but that has lately um also found some uh i would say aficionados uh, is dento hon yokuro because uh, it's very expensive and you have this incredible umami and um, the taste is absolutely out of this world and you can really have, you now have some uh, specialty tea shops that only serve gyokuro um, in a traditional way and uh, very, I mean, very expensive ones. So this is also something that is, uh, in some I would say maybe more in Tokyo than um, in, in smaller cities. But uh, yes, Dento Hongyokuro is also uh, getting some uh, popularity uh, into mm. connoisseurs, uh, I would say. Uh, yeah, for connoisseurs. Right. So.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I grew up in Tokyo. And then, uh, so my father somehow did really like Hojichai type of tea and then yeah, yeah. i think the majority of household never drink matcha all day because you're going to be totally over, over caffeinated and matcha is not cheap at all so More, matcha no, no. gyokuro they're they're a special tea that mm. you need occasion and then, yes. um, usually people drink uh sencha which is beautiful green tea or some people like my dad he just had a particular preference to hojicha and also I I think Mm -hmm. genmai cha is a sweet nutty. you know it's like a Mm. like rice cracker mixed in kind of tea so Mm. there are uh, misperceptions about you know the everybody drinking matcha like everybody in sushi in Japan every day that's not true that is not true at all so yeah those are the idea of I think uh, listeners should know um you can drink tea all day, like drinking water, but to get the benefit of health also. And sencha, hojicha, I mean, gimmecha. these are probably the most daily consumed types of tea. Mm. And then if you want to open up a more wallet, then gyokuro and matcha is like high specialty tea. So I think it's important that the people don't understand, like, you know, Japanese people eat sushi uh, maybe once a month. Or every two months or something and they don't eat sushi every day it's the same idea of yeah how it should be consumed because if you drink matcha all day you, you're going to be in trouble so anyways <laughs> um, so they are main tea production regions
2: in japan and so can you tell us about that yeah so usually what you find information where the regions are like ranked in terms of yearly production so There are a dozen of tea-producing regions in Japan, but um, the six, I would say the the six main regions are first um, Shizuoka. It's the largest tea production, that's for sure. Uh, It's uh, in the, well, it's close to Monfuji, so it's at the center of um, Japan uh, in Honshu, the main island. And you have a lot of uh, sencha being produced there, usually for larger commercial uses, Um, And the second uh, region is Kagoshima in Kyushu. It's the southern uh, prefecture of Kagoshima. And uh, what's really what we love about Kagoshima, besides the fact it's so beautiful, it's really (laughs) you weep. (laughs) It's so beautiful, you want to weep sometimes. And you have actually the ocean and you have a lot of um, active volcanoes. So you have a layer of ash covering the fields, the soil, but on a very frequent basis. And it has, of course, an impact on the soil and on the quality, on the amazing quality of the sensha growing there. Yeah, it's mostly famous for its sensha. Um, and the, the best known region uh, inside Kagoshima is Chiran. And we've been working a lot with the Chiran area even before EQ. And we just love the tea they make there. Um, mm-hmm. The third prefecture, would, uh, the third, third region, sorry, would be a Prefecture, um, not too far from uh, Shizuoka and Kyoto, and they produce mostly kabusecha, which is um, halfway between sencha and gyokuro, where you cover the leaves for uh, about two weeks before harvest. So that's what they are specialized in. And then, of course, you have Kyoto with the Uji area. Um, It's a very iconic uh, area for tea in the mind of many foreigners, but also Japanese people. And it's super famous for its matcha. And then, haha, we go back to the south and we find Fukuoka, and we find Yami, which is a smaller region inside Fukuoka, and. There uh, they grow any kind of tea but the specialty what is so famous for is dento hongyokuro, the tea that Aldo mentioned before this is the king of green tea it's like it's champagne it's caviar and it has the price of champagne and caviar too but it's just um, an amazing experience it's a umami bomb as we call that um, mm. and the sixth region would be Miyazaki, also south, southern Kyushu. Um, it's celebrated for its sencha, but for me, it's the home of um, kamairicha, which is a pine, pan-fired green tea, and for this reason, it's really close to Chinese uh, green tea, uh, and it's it's just delicious. So that's mm-hmm. I would say the six major regions in Japan.
1: Right. And it's like, uh, you know, which Wagyu beef is most famous from which areas? I guess they can be contentious, but you covered everything, I think. Yeah. So in general, but also, um, you know, you really mentioned a very interesting thing that each region has different styles of tea Mm. and uh, the price range can Different, But I think, you know, Kagoshima has a lot of quality and mm. it's a diversity of price range too. So basically, mm. uh, listeners go to Japan or, you know, like websites like yours. Or you can mm. have diversity. So you can choose um, your favorite type of tea at your favorite price yeah. point as well. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll discuss highly unique teas that you'd like to try beyond matcha and sencha. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese ship knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of the Japanese culture and traditions but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Koin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware, and the Welsh natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com
3: Hi. I would like to make a toast. Imagine yourself sitting the table in mouthwatering colors and wares, wearing that beautiful apron that flows like a gown, curating a playlist that evokes a loose, limber atmosphere so you can dance while you cook your way into a world of play and mischief, extending a warm welcome to your guests. Dear listeners of Japan Eats, I am Mariana Velasquez, author of Colombiana, The Cookbook, and I live by the ritual of the table. And that's why I created a line of hosting wear, Casa Velázquez, as an extension of my life, extolling that sense of home, retiring any critique of the moment and fully embracing your cheeky, imperfect, unbridled self. Come with me to CasaVelasquez.co and reimagine your hosting essentials so we can set the tone for your table and home. Casa Velázquez is a mutual supporter of Heritage Radio Network.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Japanese on HRN, Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Joel Sambuk-Preuss and Aldo Price, who are co-founders for EQ. EQ is a unique tea company that sells high-quality Japanese tea based in southern island of Kyushu. So let's talk about IQ. So what is EQ and what is your mission?
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Well, um, we have many missions and... And a lot of still a lot of work to do uh, because yeah, we have a very nice project coming in. But EQ is really this um, as I mentioned before, this moment uh we want to focus when we prepare the the green tea because actually EQ means one break, so having a break, and this is something that we really want to focus on. Uh it's not only the the taste of a tea but uh everything that goes in between when you prepare it when you choose your uh, cups uh and you you need to make this break so this is what we really want to 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 share with our our customers but of course what we want also to do is to really to create a bridge between um, local producers in kyushu very small producers sometimes and who Put so much energy in, in uh, making uh, uh, exceptional green tea, but um, sometimes I struggle to to actually um, market it, um, especially uh, on the international market. Only also because it's it's another business. It's difficult. You need to have maybe a website to um, to handle international payment and so on. And They simply don't have uh, the energy, the resources to do that. So we try to to make this bridge bridge for them. And we we put uh, our platform uh, at their disposal so they can sell their teas through our brand. And especially now that, uh, I mean, after two years of COVID, that was very tough on many uh, producers because uh they rely a lot on uh, fares to sell their tea so when covid struck uh there were no more fares. and so they they had not so many means to sell it uh many of them they just sell uh through uh, uh mail order or fax orders and this is not a joke i mean they it's just <laughs> you need to fax it and and so that was really tough, um, and this is where we we try to 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 really uh, create this bridge and to to, to you know, uh, also uh, get a lot of information about their tea. We we make some tasting with um, tea in structure so that we get a lot of information, and and then, you know, they rediscover their own tea. Some producer are like, okay. Uh, EQ did some uh, tea tasting, and then we go back to them, oh, look, this is uh, what your tea uh, looks like from uh, this kind of uh, tea instructor, and, and so on. And so they're really like, oh, that's my tea. And uh, they're surprised. And then, so this is a way we can help them. Um, but I think we also want to, to, to show to the world, that tea is a bit like wine, you know, uh, or whiskey or cheese. You, you have real real terroirs uh, all around Japan with different uh, tastes because of the climate, soil, and, uh, of course, human skills. And it creates some grand cru, like we say in, in French, that you cannot find anywhere else. So we want also to, to put this knowledge um and to share it with our customers but there is a reason for that is that right now the 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 um, uh, how can i say um the local demand the domestic demand is is falling in japan and we need to create a, a lot of a bit more of interest for the younger generation about the green tea like um, there was like with um, Japanese whiskey you know first it went very famous in um, uh, in foreign country and then it goes back in Japan and it becomes also very famous in Japan so we want to, to create this uh, I would say same uh, uh, understanding about uh, a product that is so rich like green tea to the Domestic um, product, uh, customers, but also international customers. So, yeah, mm, this is our, right. our, our missions.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is very important, right? Because, um, well, we had a guest, Daiki Tanaka of the matcha. He also tries to revive the tea culture in a uh, depopulated uh, village. And uh, I happen to have you know you two, two episodes later, but I think it's important to know that tea is such a precious tradition and it's, it's being lost. So, yeah, I really think that um, what you're doing is very precious. And also, like you said, terroir, is just a terroir, right? Because it's coming out yeah. of the soil, which is very yeah. different. And also you, your hands and human terroir is a big part of it. And they mm. are aging. And you're supporting, you know, tea farmers who are just mm. totally occupied with making tea and also not updated with technology like an internet email Mm. and so yeah I think uh, it's important and um, so do you have any good example of tea farmers you work
2: with? Um, Yeah yeah it's uh, we have I mean we work with a dozen of people right now and over there it's been like what five six years since we have really um, launched our project and we we've met all of them and we've, um, well, of course, with COVID, we could, not, we could not go back to see many of them over the past few years, but we plan to make up on that. And uh, at, at the top of my head, if I have to talk about a couple of people, I would mention, for example, irie in Yame. Um, he is one of the, I would say, the first in Kyushu, to switch to organic tea farming. And this gentleman, he's in his early 70s now. He works with his son, so that's the good news. (laughs) The next generation is there or working hard. But, you know, he had to go up, up, up in the mountains to create his own field, clear the field to make sure there would be no contamination. And the work, this demand, I mean, it's just... I mean, all agricultural work is so hard all around the world. So you cannot really have a competition. But when you see firsthand what it means, and all year long they have to weed out by hand, without pesticides anything, the field. This is just like, it's a vocation. So we have Irie-san and his son. And also close by, also in Yame, in Hoshinomura, we have this gentleman in his 40s, and he's a uh, specialist of dental hongyokuro and Japanese white tea and kabusecha, Takaki-san. And he's also someone who is just so skilled and devoted. And we shared a lot of, uh, I would say, joys and sadness because, you know, again, this is about crops. And so climate change, I have to say, uh, impact also tea farmers in Japan, and there was like late episode of frosts or um, or a, a winter too warm where the tea buds would start blooming, and then just behind that frost and. Overnight, just one day before harvest, Takaki-san lost half of his crops a few years ago. And it's just like you want to cry with him, but he just picked up and continued. And you're like, all right, how can we help? Um, another example is the Tsuru family in Saga. And they were the one to come to us two years ago. And again, it's a father and son a business just the two of them it's also organic farming and it's also in very um difficult uh dif- difficult to access uh, area you have to go by foot at the end and every year we have you know now torrential rain with typhoons and a very odd rainy season and every year they worry about uh the uh their their um, their fields being like Uh, overrun by rivers and so on but they keep on and they came to us because the son was like my dream my dream is to sell my tea overseas but i don't know how how can we work together and we're like all right let's do something together and they are so kind and we've seen we've met them so many times and they even planted a tree for our son and they told him you know you can uh, come back every year and see this tree growing, and it's for <laughs> you. And we're like, oh my god! <laughs> and then you feel this responsibility. I'm like, okay, I cannot fail. I have to go on. I cannot just give up and pack and leave. I have to go on. It it's you're we are part of a system now of, of a of a circle for many of those producers, um, and for people like Tsurisan, I think we made an incredible impact and this is so humbling because we're still so small but when you realize that just a little bit already makes such a difference you're like oh wow and you want to continue that yes mm, right so um yeah one of the, the i just want to talk about
1: one tea i found on your website uh it's mm. called Doshiraore, and uh, mm. it's reasonably priced and uh, i you know when I was in Japan, as I said earlier, my father only had hojicha. And then occasionally my mom and sencha. So I didn't know anything about uh, shiraore. And the shiraore basically um, is like stem part, but the higher end. So... Um, But then I I went to see your website. There's a a family who's making it in Nakayama, Kosuke Nakayama-san. And Mm. uh, it's just a big story, like how these guys are making it. And uh, it just really means a lot to why it's delicious. Of course, it's delicious by itself. But if you know who's making it, and uh, it's lots of love in there. So, Mm. yeah, I think your website is uh, really, I admire what you do. Uh, Because this is uh, the interface with tea farmers, not just uh you know store. and i think mm-hmm. they need the exposure so Thank yeah you. so yeah. anyway so maybe you can talk about shiraore because i i i really think this should be drunk more and it's beautiful <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. it feels good
4: yeah yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we love will it we love it, <laughs> we will love it. Um, yeah um, i mean the one we we have is named iki and it's really incredible as a as a um, shiraore and as you said uh, Shiraore is um the name of higher end kukicha which is stem uh, stem tea so it, it, you you include stems and twigs and, and so on and usually it's yeah kukicha is maybe the lower end of um of this kind of tea and then you have um karigane cha which is the kyoto weight of calling um, the, the Shiraure. And in Kyushu, you say Shiraure, That's right. And the difference is also be, uh, the type of leaf that you use. Usually for um, the higher end, you use Gokuro leaves. And the special, uh, as special thing about this tea, and maybe this is why you like it so much, is that because um, you use the stems, this is where you have the most of l theanine and because all the theanine goes through the stems, but then when it, it uh, reaches the leaves, the, um, uh, the, the, the process um, of the photosynthesis will transform the theanine into catechins uh, and antioxidants. So where, basically where you have the most of L-theanine is in the stems. And this is kind, you know, this is the 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 amino acid that makes you relax and feel good. So uh, I really love this tea because, uh, first of all, you can prepare it very easily, either hot or on cold brew, and you can drink that all day long because there is so there is not so much caffeine, or even absolutely almost none. Uh, I remember when I I visited first. uh, Higashi Sonogi and uh, Nakayama-san um, we did some um, uh, we went there overnight and uh, they would explain everything to us in the afternoon and then we would take the breakfast with all the tea farmers and we were invited to the um, to, work, to take the breakfast to one of the tea farmers and I was we were taking the breakfast and uh, next to our table there was a small table and uh, the, the kids uh, were there uh, just before they would go to the kindergarten and I saw they would drink something green and I said, but I mean what are they drinking? And oh this is green tea. But I, I said, but aren't they a bit too young to th-? oh no no. As soon as they can eat solid, they drink green tea and they drink she out because of the lack of um caffeine. And that was also something quite I mean surprising for me. And uh and this is so, so much part of the life, you know, they drink green tea all day long, really. And they are, they, when you, you look at them, they are so ganky. They are so, um, you know, they, 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 you can, uh, they feel like they have 20 years less than they, they, they see. <laughs> they really look so great. And I was like, okay, this is another reason <laughs> I want to drink so much more green tea and yeah. So is mm-hmm. really incredible. Uh, the taste, the citrus notes, and it keeps you focused all day long. And yeah, I, I really like this one. <laughs>
1: mm. And I heard also the thinning, it's coming, and also uh, it's richer in umami and sweetness, sometimes Absolutely. more than leaves. So yeah. I think that's why I like it. So so listeners, it's, it's just shiraore is one name, but uh, karigane is Kyoto mm. style. Shiraure is some of the same big mm. also they it's called the Kukicha. So if you see shiraure karigane kukicha, you mm. know, it's something you should try, right? Yeah. <laughs> really. So, <laughs> I agree. Right. Okay. So um yeah and uh, of course there are so many others, but uh, because of the time, we just kind of uh, we have so much to talk about. So, uh, so the, let's talk about the industries. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, the Japanese tea industry has been shrinking domestically, and the industry is facing a big crisis. Like uh, Japanese green tea production has declined solidly from forty-nine thousand tons in two thousand four to forty-one thousand tons in twenty-nineteen. Um, so, and also, uh, the reason why the Japanese people. Don't drink tea of course they are uh, the bottled tea that in plastic mm. and you know in supermarkets of course and ubiquitous Japanese convenience stores and famous vending machines so you don't have to make leaf tea which is sad because you're missing out something very flavorful and on the other hand the Japanese tea consumption abroad has been solidly increasing so I found the number in 1993, only 305 tons of Japanese tea was exported. But now, I mean, 2021, the number reached to 6,179 mm. tons. It's 20 times in mm. only 28 years. And uh, how mm. many, uh, how many years have we been making tea in Japan? So that's crazy, <laughs> yeah. um, mm. right? So, um, so the based on what's happening. In industry, how do you predict the direction of the Japanese tea industry?
4: Um, mm. We 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 feel a bit worried about that because most of the sales are through the um, local consumption. It's domestic, and the problem is, it's we have a population that is decreasing. Uh, in Kyushu, they have some numbers where well, they expect that the population will decrease from twenty four percent in two thousand fifty. So that's like a quarter of the population. And of course, um, not uh, every year we we, we hear about uh, tea farmers that stops doing doing uh, uh, green tea because it's so difficult. Maybe the sun doesn't want to take over, or there is no sun, or The population is decreasing, so it's fortunately the the exports are doing better and better for every year. So this is very good news, but there there is there is a challenge really to 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 make uh, the the, the, the domestic uh, consumption increase. That that's I think what I'm a bit worried about and that yeah maybe, and yeah,
2: yeah and I just i would like to add that of course it's super it's great to see those numbers the numbers you gave akiko but at the end this benefits only a handful of actors in the tea industry the biggest one and you will never it it will barely benefit the smaller producers the one who make like i would say the most the 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 teas with only you know the very small tea fields they can never interest a big trading company they cannot sell at a price that uh, large buyers overseas will find interesting and not to mention the quantities and we see this ourselves we know we we you know we have like also a wholesale program but uh, we have to focus on only a handful of artists if we want to meet uh, the interest, the, the, the needs of, uh, I would say, larger buyers. Because the production cannot follow; it's just mathematics. So that's that's a bit worrying in the sense that we need also to support um, the, the smaller productions. Otherwise, you will have like um, just a, a couple of big. Players maybe buying leaves at very discounted sales from producers. Who just focus from farmers who just make the rollies aracha and don't process it any any anymore. And so, of course, the matcha craze everywhere is great news. But what matcha, what level, what quality are we talking about? And um, if we want to help the local industry, the quality, what the teas that we celebrate uh, with our website and the skills and the Grand Cru and the Terroirs, we also need to help um, the smaller actors, I think. And... That's what we strive to do, but we cannot just be the only one. I mean, it's not just <laughs> a handful mm. of foreigners in the, in the office in Fukuoka <laughs> We can't change that. But so we right. want to raise awareness among tea lovers over, over the world. And it's great to have this opportunity today to talk with you that um, if they have the chance, the means and the opportunity to help also the smaller producers like smaller wine producers, like, you know, quality local production, then, yes, it's a, let's try to do this.
1: Mm, right. Well, this reminds me of, um, you know, the change in the sake industry. So mm-hmm. uh, the sake industry took the same path, the declining consumption domestically, and then the overseas demand showed up thanks to the popularity of Japanese cuisine. And then uh, the Sake became more premium. That was the right mm-hmm. focus. And small producers can focus on quality rather than, you know, just uh, try to compete with pet bottles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tea. Absolutely. So I really want to see that, you know, that you're doing a great job introducing amazing high-quality producers. And I think this motivates other younger generations mm. to be premium tea producers. So I think oh, what you're doing me. is very... Really, yeah, valuable. So um, what are your plans and dreams?
4: <laughs> Joël, <Joelle>? Hello? Hello? <laughs>
1: what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: um, um. Yeah, so we want to, to of course, uh, continue what you are doing right now and create more connection between customers and producers with many original projects. And of course, now that um, you can visit Japan again, um, it, it's it's a great thing to to come and visit maybe the the, the farmers and see how it works uh, there are some um, stayover that maybe will be able to to be accessed again uh to um, making uh, some uh, green stay homestay and this is uh if we can promote that this is something that we will do um of course uh what we want to focus is to find new, new tea and create more content. So by visiting the producers again, taking pictures, um, see if uh, they have something new to, to um, propose us. And um, maybe one of the dreams that we have <laughs> is to maybe sometimes open a real shop to give the same kind of a tasting and learning experience that you can find in our online boutiques. So that would be really a great achievement and um, but yeah basically to, to continue to to create this bridge um, with many other farmers uh, as as many as we can and enjoying the tea that we we select and yeah it's it's it has become our passion so we, we yeah. there is a lot to 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 to, uh, to do and uh, to enjoy ourselves with with green tea
1: Mm -hmm. I think uh, the farmers uh, looking at you and they know you're enjoying and sharing the same passion so I think that's why you've been so successful too
2: (laughs) thank you hopefully
1: (laughs) yes so good luck and then uh, where can we find your updates online and on social media
2: so of course um, feel free to visit us at uh, eq-d.com so eq is uh, I-K-K-Y-U um, we have, um, we send out newsletters every week or so with news and uh, introducing new products and um, also exclusive offers for our newsletter subscribers. End of week. And we can also, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we just actually... This weekend, we just launched our new uh, revamped online shop. So that was also a big project that took us uh, some time to complete. So we we're very happy to to be to offer an even easier and more convenient experience for our visitors from all around the world. So have a look, and I hope you find the tea, the Kyushu tea that will um, match your your mood, your needs, and your tastes. Mm. Right. Lots to
1: discover. So good luck. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Joel and Aldo. Thank you. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Okay, so listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for short topics or guests, please contact us at japanish at the Heritage Radio network.org or akikuhatema.com. japan is a weekly program and always available at heritageradionetwork.org, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify mm-hmm. as a podcast. Our engineer is Amin Spenchan, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week.